We're going to switch the stage up just a little bit here this morning. We're going to bring up on stage Bob and Jan McLean. We're going to be talking to us about missions. Missions is the subject today. So I'm going to hold both microphones at the same time and help them up the stairs. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jan and Bob McLean. Okay, so this one is for you, and this one is for you, and it is a tethered leash, so you can't wander around like I do. No sashaying today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to hear this story today. Shalom. Uh, right. Uh, in Indonesia, the Indonesian Christians always greet everyone with shalom, meaning peace, even though this is Hebrew, not Indonesian. Uh, but um, we are happy to be back in the States. We've got warm showers and above the ground toilets and toilet paper. But. <laughs> Really, seriously, I'm going to hold on to you. Seriously, the people both in Sumatra, the Bataks in Sumatra that Bob will be talking about, and the Javanese in Java are very, very loving people, and many have accepted us into their families as part of their family. Just as you here have been so lovely, loving to us in the few, the few months we've been here, we really feel like we're part of you, part of the family of God here at Redwood, and we thank you for this. And I'm going to turn it over to Bob now. <laughs> I would like to start with a little bit of a story. And as Oli says, I can only walk one way. <laughs> and this story is because I want you to see the basic tie that you as a Christian have with the world of missions and what missionaries do. We were picked up at the airport, <clears throat> I guess the same night we left, but only four hours by the clock later because we crossed over the international date line. But we were picked up by Hardy and Febby, and we became acquainted with them because when we were selling our property, Hardy became concerned that I was being cheated. And we formed such a good, strong relationship that um, eventually we formed a business partnership. <laughs> but over the course of the years, and this is five years, Hardy uh, kind of got into trouble financially and it was with my money. <laughs> so we had the burden of praying for them, trying to witness to them, and trying to deal with the financial issue too. And because of this, I want to tell you what happened. The day after they picked us up, we were at their house. Febby was reading, and I was continuing to read in uh, the only Bible I had at the time, which was this little Indonesian New Testament. The two center columns are Indonesian. The two outer columns are, ja are uh, Greek, the original biblical Greek. And 
I have been for several months been reading very seriously about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And so I shared that with Febby, and then I gave her the Bible. Six weeks later, we were having a meeting about finances. <laughs> and I wanted us to get off to a good start, so I read this passage in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, which start out, Tatapi Bua Ro Dialakasi, which is to say, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Kagimbira uh, An, joy, Kasintasa An, which is peace and sabaran, which you rec recognize as patience. <laughs> there were five other gifts of the Spirit. And the thing I want to point out to you is, six weeks after I gave this testament to Febby, I was reading in our little business meeting, if you will, and Hardy was sitting next to me, and I discovered he was reciting with me the gifts of the Spirit. A definite, serious commitment to God. Five years. Our power is here. Your power is here. In English, not in Indonesian, but still. And your strength is practicing the gifts of the Spirit in your life, praying and trusting God and reading His Word. Every missionary in the world has that as the kernel of his expression of faith. Now, entirely different cultures. You deal with two here. Pardon me. You deal with two scriptures, uh, two uh, cultures here. One is America in general. The other is Southern Oregon. <laughs> we were in, exposed to at least four different cultures. I'm going to kind of take you through a map of Indonesia. You look on the map, the little island at the bottom, the smaller island is Java. The one that reaches up to the left is Sumatra. And we went with Bu Arlen from Jakarta almost to the top of Sumatra. I don't know if you can see Maidan up there or not, but that's where we first went. Then we went clear from there down to Jakarta to the other end of Java, to Surabaya. And then we returned to central Java, Salatiga, Okay, and uh, worked together with our missionary Seth. And I want to point out one difference between all the Indonesians we worked with and Seth. Every Indonesian we worked with is determined that they will do their work with Indonesian sponsorship, financial, and prayer. They're not going to accept 
any money from us. Seth doesn't have a choice. He can either be a businessman earning money in Indonesia, or he can be a missionary forbidden to earn any money in Indonesia. And so he has to be supported by us. But uh, I'm going to take you now through a quick review of some of the things that we saw. This is a little suspension bridge outside the village of Derrick, where Arlen wants to start her first church there. She traveled this same bridge as a schoolgirl. Her nephew traveled it while I stood there one end, and he's a very husky fellow, and every step he took, the bridge swayed that way or the other way. And they've been using that bridge for on the order of 50 years. I looked over the edge, held onto my camera, and I hope the camera has enough range to see how far down I was looking, because it is a real gorge. And this is the first place that Arlen went to as a child. This is where she grew up, and this is where she wants to start a church. Now, uh, here is the local government official's office, the Lura, and he gave permission for her to start several Bible studies in that area. She will be going there in May and uh, June, next month. And she won't be living there because her husband and her teenage son will have to stay in Jakarta until they can sell their house. And that's the one thing, and this, is, this sounds ridiculous, but it is the one thing we could do. We could buy the house. <laughs> To get to the house, you go from the main street down a long, torturous road, and uh, two cars can't pass. A motorcycle can pass. Okay. I've still got time here. I'm not very good at talking very fast. Here is the smallest church service I think I ever conducted. Uh, I had five church members, <laughs> and while I was there, Arlen's brother gave me, the, gave me this scarf that I'm wearing. He said, this is a special scarf, wear it on special occasions. Well, I can't think of a more special occasion than right now, but uh, he was very particular. You want to talk about culture? He said, this is a Caro scarf. Not even a Caro Batak scarf. It's a Caro scarf. The badge on it is a church badge. One of the churches in Surabaya ha has uh, just to identify themselves as this says in English G-J-K-I. In Indonesian it's G-J-K-I. <laughs> and that's the name that our church has registered in Indonesia. We have here one of the family gatherings. Arlen was stuck with having to have us be like tourists, although we were helping her start a church. But if w she didn't do this, uh, people would think that she was being employed by us and that it's not what the case is at all. Uh, here we are, the first couple we lived with 49 years ago in Saltiga, Ron and Ellen Ritchie. 
they were working north of, of uh, Maidan, and they have translated the Bible into the Mala uh, Alas language. And here is Arlen with her husband, Martius. They're both college graduates. He pursues an entirely different line in terms of many Bible studies with the men in his church. But Arlen is the extrovert, and she's starting the churches. <laughs> and here we have, in Surabaya, Andreas and his wife, Lewe. They dressed in matching batik for this Easter service. Three churches got together, and they were all churches he had established at one time. And here's the choir from one of them. That's where I got the badge. <laughs> but uh, Andreas is unique. He does, listen carefully, including public preaching, including devotional services, including Zoom meetings. Every month, he has 72 meetings. Some of them are at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and here, here he is leading one of his meetings. I, I, I don't know. Is that the last picture? Okay. Uh, I have to hold this up to show you our man in Salatiga. You can see we're not really well organized on our pictures. My wife, Ollie, and Jim put an enormous amount of time into this, but it's still a lot of work doing that. The speaking is the easy part. <laughs> uh, we have three translators in the Saltiga area. One of them is starting a church in Solo. Another one that works in her father's church, and the other one is attending one of the other churches there. We also have in Saltiga Seth and his work starting a new church. He wants to start several uh, house churches, and he is uh, stuck with the fact that the government is convinced, the U.S. government is convinced that if a man brings a woman into the States as his wife, that's not as trustworthy as if she were his girlfriend. And uh, it's taken five years to persuade Seth's wife that she needs to come to the States, and now we're trying to get the government to agree. Uh, beyond that, we went from uh, several churches in the Saltiga area uh, to Jakarta again, where we did our personal business and where we visited with uh, former helpers, our cook, other people, uh, friends who are, were working in evangelism with us. I would ask that you would pray for a small group of people. These people are Arlen, trying to start a church in uh, Sumatra, uh, Andreas with his enormous workload, the one thing he asked me to do was to help him develop a pension plan he can start in about 10 years. All of this, you might understand, does not involve our money. It involves Indonesian money, Indonesian commitment. Uh, 
Seth is looking to, to a furlough. He's going to need some money for the furlough. The first thing, and you can pray about this, is that the government will let his wife in. And these are some of the needs they have. Mostly, and I want to emphasize this, prayer needs and committed support for what they're doing. Arlen needs prayer that she can get her house sold and they can complete their move to Sumatra where they have the new church started. Uh, Andreas needs support that in 10 years he can afford to retire. Uh, Seth needs support to plan for his furlough and plan for the future wave of churches. We need support because we have 11 books in production right now, and I discovered that I now have an enormous budget. Huh? My wife tells me I have to quit. <laughs> it's okay. I want to tell you, we are just folks. We happen to have pick and picked a particular uh, course through our life. I dressed in my finery here. This is a Javanese party shirt. This is a Karo <laughs> scarf, not Karo Batak even. And my wife is overdressed. She looks beautiful because I asked her to dress this way. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's pray for the churches in Indonesia. Thank you. I'll take that. Thank you. You guys can stay here. We're going to pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your church all across the world. And I thank you for your missionaries. You, your spirit, gave gifts to people, and you've encouraged us to go, and we go, and we thank you for that. We ask that you would bless the church and help us to continue to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give them a big hand. Put all this stuff away. Make sure everybody gets down safe and sound. Awesome. Well, that, that's amazing. That's exciting. You know, I've, I've had a chance to travel around the world when I was in the United States Navy, but I was not on a missionary trip. You know, when I traveled around, I had a different mission. Uh, and when I went to see things, I had a different purpose. I went to Paris to look at stuff. I didn't go there to share the gospel. So, you know, missionary work is not the same as going on a vacation. It's not the same, right? Uh, let's continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift this morning up to you and ask that you would continue to bless your word. I ask that we would realize the value that you've placed on mission in your kingdom. And I ask that you would help us to know according to your word, what our job is to do. So we're going to start out this morning. I did not take the time to, to put slides up with all the Scripture verses on it. I don't want to make your life too easy for you. If I keep putting little worms into the baby bird's mouth, the babies will never learn how to feed themselves, right? So that's my lame excuse for not giving you all the Scripture verses. So you're going to have to do some flipping. So I'm warning you ahead of time. Grab the Bible in front of you and start flipping. We're going to start at Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 to 20, and they're going to be up here in a row, so as soon as you find it, go ahead and, 
and move on to the next one. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and also Acts 13 47 and Mark chapter 8 uh, chapter 16 verse 15. So the first one. These are Jesus's words, not mine. So starting at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." This is why we can say that Arliss' house will, will sell, because we're praying about it. And God is with us, and He will make sure. If that furthers His mission, it'll happen, right? Anything we ask for uh, in His name will. Now, <clears throat> in Greek, I'm not an expert in Greek. That's my disclaimer. But in Greek, go and make disciples could also be translated as, as you go make disciples of all people, all right? So in this case, we're specifically talking about going to all parts of the world, and we're going to continue to see what the, the children of God in the book of Acts did. So here we go, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm flipping just like you, so if I'm faster than you or you're faster than me, good for you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have many different places to go. It starts right here. Okay. Another way of translating this could be you, are, um, the, you will have power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Grants Pass and in Josephine County, and into all ends of America, right? So you could translate it that way. We're not just to stay in our home area. Now, some people, I get it, can't leave. I'm not here to tell you to feel guilty if you are stuck in Grants Pass, okay? Um, it's a beautiful place. God has blessed us here. I'm talking about people that move around. As you go, make disciples of all people, right? Let's turn to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, we're going to go now to verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And also Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 15. This is Jesus talking once again. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Period. All right, so now we know what Jesus has told us to do. And we got three points today, and for the purposes of brevity and time, we're just going to go ahead and roll, Jim. Next one. All right, so we know that Jesus told us to go. Or as you go. So here you are in Grants Pass. You've been here all your life. You've never left the county. Poor pitiful you. It's a beautiful world out there. 
It's a gorgeous world out there. Maybe you ventured as far as Medford, gone to Costco. But wherever you go, as we go, we are to make disciples of all men. The challenges that we find is that as we, we're about our busy life, our focus is on what we need to accomplish. Missionary work is totally different. The focus is not just on ourselves. Our, our, so the question I have here is, what is that value? What does it do for the kingdom of God? Next slide, please, Jim. All right, so this, what has God called us to do? We see that. Here we go. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Now, for the, once again, for the purposes of moving this along, I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase it for you. But this is the, the creation mandate that God gave us. He said, go and be fruitful and multiply. Okay, spread throughout, have dominion over creation, have dominion over the fish and the birds of the air, and spread throughout the earth. That's what God gave us, the, gave us an order to do, fill the earth, right? So what did people do, though? In Genesis chapter 11, what did we wind up doing? Okay, remember the Tower of Babel? What did we do? They went to the plains of Shinar, they found a nice spot that was suitable for building a huge building, and they stopped. They stopped right there. That's what people do. That's our problem. Once we get comfortable, we don't want to move around anymore, right? So what happened? What did God do to the, at the Tower of Babel? He confused all of our languages, which forced us to move on. Okay, now spiritually speaking, we're going to look at that. Go ahead and change the next slide. Thank you. Okay, so after the Great Commission... We're going to look at that from a spiritual point of view. After the Great Commission, God told them to do the same basic thing. So Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 14 says that they met every day in the temple of God. They did the same thing. Go and share the gospel. That's what Jesus told them to do on the mountain. So what did they do? They stayed in Jerusalem. Right? Now, I'm not here to pick on the apostles. There's 11 of them. They're a lot better than me. But even they had a hard time doing what God told them to do. So, what did God send them to get them moving? Saul. Right? And you know the story of Saul. That Saul was striking out against the church. He was, uh, he was the strongest Jewish guy he knew, and he was going to make sure that they stayed Jewish. Well, none of this new stuff. Okay, so he persecuted the church, and in the process of doing that, it caused the church to spread. Next slide, please. Okay, so it is true that we, in our Christian walk, we do start off really childish. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, 9 through 12 tells us that when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted like a child, and my sister Gretchen shaking her head, yes, he certainly did. <laughs> but as I became a man, I refused to let go of those childish things. That's my problem. But what has God called us to do? He's called us to mature, right? So our goal is to grow up for the glory of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 16 tells us that God has given us these spiritual gifts for a very specific purpose. And that very specific purpose is not for us not to build a church that we like, that we're comfortable in, with the music that we like and the preaching that we like. Our purpose is to share the Word of God with the whole entire world. And it is for God's glory, not us. Next slide, please. Okay, so there's a couple of spots where Jesus spends time talking about yeast. One of them, He said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and scribes. He's making reference in that case to uh, our pride and our arrogance. But in this case, he told a different story. 
He said the kingdom of God is like a lady that takes, it was like three portions of flour, which is actually like 60 pounds of flour. Anybody baked here? Could you imagine putting 60 pounds of flour in one bowl? That's one big bowl. Anyway, he said the kingdom of God is like a lady who puts three portions, uh, puts yeast in three portions of flour and mixes it and it spreads throughout the whole thing. Right? Now, the reason why yeast works is because yeast is alive and it spreads, it multiplies. It does what God has called it, it to do. And we're supposed to do the very same thing. In John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, let's go ahead and turn to that really quickly. John chapter 15, as soon as I find it. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. Straightforward. Now I want to stop for a second here because it is Memorial Day. There is no greater love that our fellow countrymen can have when they sacrifice their love so that we can continue to have our freedom. So let's, let's thank God for them and the sacrifice that they have given us. It is because of that we can be here today. But God has called us to do the very same thing in church. All right? Now, in John chapter 14, verse 12, it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to do great things. Jesus shared this with the apostles. He said, greater things will you do than I have done. Because of the Holy Spirit. And this is how we can go to another country and we can share the gospel with people because it's the Holy Spirit who does the work, it's not us. John chapter 3, verse 16, very straightforward. If, we love, if God loved the whole word, world and we are Christians, we are little Christs, we are like Christ, then we must love the whole world as well. So be praying about that. How is God causing us here at Redwood, to continue sharing the gospel of Christ. If we're going to do what God has called us to do, we need to do it here in Grants Pass. We need to do it in Josephine County. We need to do it in Salem, Oregon as well. And the best way to do it is for us to be like little yeasts. Get out there and infect everyone with the love that Jesus has for our lives. That is the true value of mission. You like that, little yeasts? Yeah. It's probably going to be the quote for the year, I don't know, but we're going to go ahead and pray now and get ready to do our offering. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love, your truth. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be able to give back to your kingdom. We can't outgive you, Lord, so please help us to realize the true value of missions in your kingdom and spark in us the desire to do what by nature we don't want to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.